0: Good morning, church. It's a joy one more time to be with you in the house of God. Um, thank you, Brother Kanga, for leading us as we have been lifting our voices to, to our God. Um, as we are singing, how lovely on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news I was reminded of one preacher who used that song because he had bought new shoes. So he said, how lovely, on the mountain at the feet of him who brings good news. And then he did his shoes like that. But that's not what we should be doing. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Today we are looking at verses 14 to 19, and the Lord willing, next week we'll finish the chapter by looking at verses 20 to 23. Again, it has been an honor to be among you, to bring God's word through this chapter. Let's it then from verse 10, as we... Read the text. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet, it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only for even when I was in Thessalonica you sent me earth again and again when I was in need not that I'm going, I'm looking for a gift but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account I have received full payment and even more I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent, there are a fragment offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Our Father, as we turn to you now that you may make this your word clear to us, we want to submit ourselves to the leading of the Spirit of God. I pray for enablement, O Lord in heaven, that this word may come out in the power of the Spirit of God as you have intended for your people. We pray for each one of us, O Lord in heaven, again, enable us worship you in the manner of listening to this word and helping us to apply it to our lives. This is our prayer. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I have entitled the sermon as measuring your maturity in the faith. Measuring your maturity In the faith as we know the Apostle Paul in this final chapter of the book is more or less giving us things that we should do or applying what he has been teaching from chapter 1 and chapter 3 to chapter 3 so that in chapter 4 he began by challenging us to stand firm because of the things that we have already known. And he now speaks to us that as you stand firm, focus your mind on the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming. And as he challenged us to focus our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ coming, he also said we should have a pattern of our thinking. We should think of things that are of noble character. We should think of things that are praiseworthy. And in our thinking, we were also challenged to learn to be content. Like the Apostle Paul himself told us that he has learned the secret of being content, because it is easier to go from rags to riches than to move from riches to rags. Particularly if you're a Christian, you begin to ask yourself, where is God who should supply all my needs according to his riches in glory? And now in these closing verses, more or less the Apostle Paul is saying, take up your measuring tape and begin to weigh Or measure how tall you are Or how good you are As far as your faith is concerned We want to see how far you are going to stretch your tape Is it going to go further Or just a short piece is going to come out I have deliberately used the idea of a measuring tape For the obvious reason The obvious reason is that We love to measure things I'm sure some of you are measuring. How long is he going to be in the pulpit? (laughs) We want to see. Things. By way of measurement. And as we measure things. We begin to align ourselves. To what. Has good measure. Or not. And the difficult thing is. How do you measure your faith? He has given us. One characteristic that we can use to measure our faith. And this is seen in the subject of sharing, giving, lending, stretching your hand. To give to others. I have picked that from this 15 they shared in their suffering or in the trouble of the apostle Paul in verse 14 but they also shared by way of giving out in verse 15 and he says I am doing this verse 17 actually is the key one for their credits so that their account is credited as it were. They are giving out in order that their account could be credited. And I know sometimes these subjects we give them to other people. Pentecostals are the ones who should preach on giving. And we have let it that way. And those of us that claim to value the Bible, we have ignored the subject of giving, not just because of the abuse that is there, but we fear that we get accused to say so and so preached on giving because he loves money. But the silent question that I want to throw to us is who doesn't love money? no one and we keep it so secret even when you have if your friend asks you can you give me one question I don't even have a one way and yet your wallet is keeping some notes it, it, it is something that is very close to our hearts and yet God is reaching out to us touching those things That are close to our hearts. So I want to talk about. How you will measure your faith. By way of addressing the subject of giving. Generosity. In many circles it is known as sharing. Or giving. Or helping out. Or whatever term we can use. But it is a spiritual measure. If you are able to stretch out your hand and give towards the ministry of God. Um, just a secret to be given to those young men who are still single. Uh, these young ladies, they know whether if you don't stretch out your hand, where it is going to go out. Waka soya. even if he brings his manifesto, don't agree among the ladies and if he, they hear that you pray and pray and approach and approach every sister is going to say I'm praying about it and you know when they say that they have simply said no but let's begin by looking at The idea of giving, as far as the Philippian church is concerned. First of all, they were zealous from day one to give towards the ministry that the apostle was involved in the first time they got acquainted they got familiar they got an idea of what the gospel was all about they all went in their pockets and said yes we are part of this we shall give listen to how the apostle Paul addresses them in chapter 1 and verse 5 he says you are my partners we are working together He is planting a church and they are giving towards that and he says, I am not planting this church alone. You are my partners. They were zealous from the word God. Luke chapter 5 verse 7 and verse 10. We know what it means to have zeal and willingness. It is to give oneself to It is to have the idea of saying, even though it is not me doing this, I am involved in it. How? By way of me giving out so that that work can continue and continue well. In the context of the Philippian church, the idea is that the Apostle Paul, Has No source of income But who stands with him It is the Philippian church From day one Many of us Have the idea of evaluating Where should I take my money Remember the job You have is a gift From God In all that you do Do it to the glory Of God If God gave you that job if God gave you that income use it to the glory of God. Partner with somebody that is involved in full time ministry or with an institution that is involved in reaching out to those who are not yet reached. So our friends were involved from day one of them getting the idea of what the gospel was about. Remember, the gospel pricks to the heart. The gospel opens one's heart. And no, the Lord Jesus Christ used the idea of, of treasuring things in our hearts. If our hearts are reached with the gospel, our wallets should also be touched. But secondly, their generosity was how come is it that generosity is a good sign of Christianity or of your growth in generosity we learn contentment like the way the apostle Paul learned it the Philippian church was not as big as the church at Thessalonica the church at Thessalonica was bigger Yet it is the Philippian church that was smaller that supported Paul in planting the church at Thessalonica or in building that big church. Just know that it is those who are content are the ones that know how to give. We have learnt it from children. You very quickly remember when you are young you are given something and an adult comes to say can we share you remember what you did if you are young did you stretch out to give you even started crying no it's mine but as you grew up you knew that this adult is not going to eat my sweet so you stretched out your hand and gave the adult, the adult got it and then said ok thank you and gave it back to you and said wow thank you go on. You have lent contentment that what I have is not going to go away if I give it away. It will come back to me by the same people that I'm giving. But those who are not content, they want to accumulate everything. They want to have everything. They want to ignore other people. And friends, in us not giving out, we forget what we have and want to have more and lose out on the focus of what we should do. And you begin to step on things that you are given and think you don't have enough and keep looking. Sooner or later, you get what you're not supposed to get. Friends, contentment is learned by those who are Mature. In the Old Testament Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 to 12 speaks of tithing as a mark of Christian maturity that's why when it comes to the New Testament the subject of tithing is almost obvious that those who believe should know how to tithe but it is hard in many ways Because we are not yet mature, we begin to struggle as far as tithing is concerned. For example, we do even ask and challenge to say tithing actually is for the Old Testament, not for the New Testament. If you're a mature Christian, you will discover that the Old and New Testament are one. And in being one, we should understand that that follows through even to the New Testament. Obviously, things that are not coming through are things like sacrifices because we have a bigger sacrifice that has been given to us through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But practical Christian living is expected of us even in the New Testament. Testaments. It is those who consistently give their tithe who express the sign of maturity or they have lent contentment. Let me just say a little bit on that. The Lord in Malachi is saying you are stealing from me. You are robbers. By way of you not bringing back to the house of God? I'm tempted to ask the question What do you do with robbers? Those who steal from you? What about those who steal from God? Can we also begin to arrest them? It is the mature who know how to share. They know how to give. In giving, this is what the apostle says, there's no one church that shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Not that I am looking for a gift, but this man has already received the gift. He has already begun to say thank you. This is a good gift. But he's saying this is not the main thing. The main thing is that you are showing maturity. And you have shown generosity. I just don't know where the world has gone to to become so selfish when we knew what it meant to be generous. When we cared for one another. When we gave food to the needy, when everybody had an uncle, I, I, I was shocked. One, one little child was looking at the grandfather. and said, ah, you are just grandpa, you? Are you my relative? <laughs> ah, can you ask such a question? Brother, look at grand. I so saw you are going to sleep at our place, eh? this is my son's house. (laughs) But think of where the world is going. Slowly but sure even Christians are getting involved in just looking inwardly and not looking outwardly to see how the gospel should spread. But how is it a mark of Christian maturity as you are stretching out your tail it is also done in the way of being willingly freely we do not twist your hand and say give we do not want you even to show us how much you are giving but all the church is asking you is that God who gives you knows what you have, can you willingly give it out? Friends, whether you like it or not, generosity requires that we should be willing to give something. How many of us want some systems that are going to force us to give? And we have introduced these systems in one way or another. In some churches we are giving out cards for record's sake. No, we are monitoring you (laughs) to see whether you give or not. In some circles uh, can you do it this way so that uh, we don't miss it out? It is because we are not willing. If we were willing we would freely give it out. Freely you have received, received, freely give it out. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 29, the apostle Paul in that closing part of that chapter, he tells us how he got involved in the ministry of how hard it is to explain to the hearer how painful it is that he's is preaching to people that do not understand and he says I am working hard to present you before Christ as he works hard he needs support I don't need to remind you of what he told us earlier on the persecution, the suffering going hungry and being shipwrecked that he experienced for the sake of the gospel it's very easy for him to turn and go back to his business but when he gets the gifts that are coming from the church when he gets the support from Christians Oh, it is the generosity of the saints that makes him get the next step. Go to another village. Go to another place and plant. Let me use the term that we, we like. It is the providence of God through his people. God providentially provides at a time When we do not expect but that providence must come through his people and his people are you and me In this country we have many ministries That churches should support and we have not supported if we have supported they have come knocking on our door over and over that's when we uh, can we send them something yes things are tough but we do it to spur one brother to go the next step even though they are going through a hard time it is only the mature who lift others to their, ne- to their level It is only those who are mature in the faith who extend out their hand and lift another to go to the next level. The immature would want you to remain there and you remain languishing so that they feel that on top of things and yet you are not. The other person is not able to reach them. So ask yourself does our church support any Christian ministries? You may not support all of them but you have a heart for one ministry. Not just your church. What about you as an individual? Have you ever thought of one ministry? I'm coming from PIZ. I am not campaigning but that's one ministry that this church should involve themselves with the founder of PIZ here in Zambia is somebody who was an elder of this church and in the establishing of this church, how can we let him down? We should be involved in that ministry. If it was a Pentecostal church, I would have said, can I hear an amen? But I know the amens are going in your hearts. but friends these are real issues when we are able to extend our hand you are touching the heart of another person particularly the one who is involved those hardships that apostle Paul went through he would have turned his back on the ministry but when one gift and after the other came it was saying This is God providing. How should I give up? I will continue. And there are those of our brothers and sisters who are involved in ministry that will. Again, we have seen what he has said in verse 17. He is not looking for a gift, but he wants their credit to be, their account to be credited. There is somebody high in heaven close to our hearts who sees how you give and how much you would want to preserve your little things. I'm not pushing it too hard but it is a Christian principle. When you give God commits himself Protect the little that you have. I mean, think of our parents. The little they had, they taught us to give. And by the grace of God, God preserved the little they had. My mother would tell us of how she was generous. We would ask, how come you're just giving out to people things like that? She would say, hold on. Have you ever gone hungry in this village, in this home? It is because God brings back. And truly, God does that. What about those of us who have the knowledge of the scriptures now? Why can't we practice these simple principles of life? We have not yet grown, so we can't stretch our tips further. We are still babies. If we were grown up, we would even surpass our parents. But listen to what the Apostle Paul is, is saying in verse 18 I have received full payment even more I am amply supplied now that I have received from by the way the was sent to take this gift on behalf of the church at Philippi listen to how the Apostle Paul responds to this particular gift. He says it is a fragrant offering, acceptable and pleasing to God. We don't know how much it was. But what I know it is, it wasn't a government brown envelope. But it was a gift from the church and as the apostle Paul held it in his hand he said this is a sweet smelly gift I treasure it I love it but no it is not just to himself he said it is pleasing to who to God your little gifts Cause somebody to raise it before God and that it can be pleasing before God. And you know what the scriptures say? The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. If you want to be strong in your Christian walk, please the Lord so that the recipient. Of that gift is going to say, Wow, this is God given. This is pleasing to God. This is nothing but a sweet aroma before the throne of God. And surely, the words in verse 19 fall in naturally. Has received that gift, it is in his hand. He says, This is nice, this is beautiful. This is. I, I'm imagining, like, the way uh, Adam looked at him. This is born of my bones, the flesh of me. Who told you? Take that. But because he has this gift in his hand, he says, Ah, oh, listen, he falls into prayer. And my God will meet all your needs. According to his riches in glory You are not twisting somebody to pray for you But because you have given and given well With the attitude of worship to God Or the natural thing for the recipient is to say God will you not bless so and so will you not bless that church Yes, you could pray for a blessing on your own. But listen, if there are others that are praying for you, it is far much better. For you, you know how you pray. You know what your needs are. You know how to go about prayer, even trying more or less to twist the hand of God. But when it is another person. They don't know your situation. But they are on their knees. And they raise their voice. God will you not meet the needs. Of so and so. And God in his great wisdom. And knowledge. Will go to your particular need, Which you did not mention yourself. In your own prayer. And he will meet it. According to his riches in glory, in Proverbs chapter three, verse nine to ten, it talks about the honor of the king. When you come to the king, come and honor the king with your substance, and then your bonds will overflow. Where you keep your treasure. It will overflow. It will be filled because you have come to the king with something to bless the king. I don't need to remind you, dear friends, that we are coming to the king of kings and lord of lords. He does not need our money, but he needs our attitude in worshiping him with our substances. The prayer that the Apostle Paul offers in in that verse 19 is more or less like a priestly prayer. When a baby is presented at church and the pastor prays for that baby, oh, it is that God may shine his grace on that particular child. May God bless you. May God make his face shine upon you. I don't know how many parents feel like, ah, forget. Every parent is looking towards that. Such is how we should live as Christians. We who give our gifts to God, God may look upon us with favor and bless us in every way. Including ways that we do not understand ourselves. Somebody said, Thank God we do not see demons. Because if you saw them, you would not even enter your house. (laughs) Maybe they are there. But God protects you from all those things we don't see. Thanks be to God. Surely it would be good for us to read Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. I hope you are keeping your tape going up. Or has it stood where you know you have ended? In everything I did I showed you by this kind of hard work We must help the weak Remember the words that The Lord Jesus Christ himself said And there's a quotation From the lips of our Savior The Lord Jesus Christ It is more blessed To give Than to receive Are you looking to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Somebody put it in this way. It says the hand of the giver is always higher than the hand of the receiver. And the hand of the giver controls. If you are giving something and it goes this way, you who is receiving, keep going so that you accept what you are are receiving. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us giving towards the work of God in order that God may look upon us with favour. The church at Philippi sits before us as a good example they heard from day one how Paul was involved how they got acquainted to the gospel. By the way this is not a church that is in Jerusalem it is in Philippi far away many of the people there could be Gentiles and Paul is a Jew they would have looked at his color or his nose and said, well, this guy is is not part of us. We cannot support him. But they looked at the gospel. The work that he's involved in. And in getting involved in that work, they said we'll support him. We'll be talking about church level, but church is made up of us who are members friends, I will fail in my duties if I don't address you as individuals. We cannot give towards God's work if we are not born again. They are getting involved with the apostle Paul is because they got acquainted with the gospel. Because the word of God was in their hearts. Because they knew what the gospel was. We know very well that God has given us free salvation. He has saved us through his son, our Savior. And freely he has done so. But I don't need to remind you that that salvation is not free per se. It costs the life of the son of God. Somebody died. You need to understand it that way. Has your old self died? The old self that is selfish. That wants to accumulate things to themselves. That is not content. That has, does not apply faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or oh, you have moved it and sat it with them with it in church is your life transformed that now you are generous now you can give for the sake of the gospel if you are not a believer you cannot give to what you do not believe in do you believe in the gospel of our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave his life what will stop you to give your all Again, that hymn writer puts it this way Love so amazing demands my soul, my life, my all. I can give because God gave. Generosity is one of the marks of Christianity. Are you generous? at an individual level, are you generous as a church? What is going to help you become generous? Nothing. But accepting Christ as your personal Savior because he knows what he did for us and how we should do it for one another. Let me close. Time that we live in a times of being selfish. A time of focusing on our needs as, as individuals and not on the needs of the others. It is said that the American church keeps growing because it is a giving church. The African church keeps receiving and not growing deeper. Because they're just a receiving church. Can things change in our time? That we may be a giving people and a giving church. The Lord bless us all. Amen. Amen.